Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 28th episode of the Overline Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Martin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Nate Kennedy. Joining us this week once again is our good friends in Robert Vona and Jack Brittle. Guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Oh, oh Jinx. Yeah. Robert just you sitting on his phone win. while we're recording. You almost lose win, Jack. Damn. This might be hard to come by, but... Yeah. Okay. Hey Siri, play Marvin's room. Please. Oh, <laughs> I was on repeat. Don't worry. On repeat. Robert, Robert's just sitting alone in his room. Yeah. Surrounded by failure on this side and failure on this side. So I apologize for anyone who has their hey, phone. They'll, they'll each won their first game. Come on. Let's give them some credit. Nate, do you know? Do you realize how many people uh, have Marvin's room playing in their house right now if they're putting this Bro, on speaker. I told you, it literally just came up on the phone. I just had it over that way. Yeah, you got to do Alexa too now. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, you, you got to help out the Alexa people that don't have... Dreams by Juice World. <laughs> Any other song requests for Alexa while we're here? Um, for those of you who haven't listened to Maza by Slow Tie and ASAP Rocky, go give it a try. may not be your vibe, but UK rap is, is the new wave. Grime. There you go. Well, despite the start of this podcast, we're not talking about music. Um, we're talking about the, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which at the time of this recording will be happening in a couple of days. And yeah, we just thought, you know, we better bring Nate back because, you know, he wasn't here last time. And we better go a little bit more in depth about all the teams and talk about um, who we think is going to win. And I think, you know, starting off, you know, I think... Th- one of the more interesting games is uh, the Buccaneers versus Saints, obviously, you know, Breeze versus Brady, the first matchup in their careers. And, you know, I think we'll start off with Nate because he wasn't here last time. What do you think of this matchup and uh, who do you think is going to come out on top? Well, I saw a funny meme right when they announced this game. Uh, Tom Brady and what was it? Tom Brady and Drew Brees' matchup should be aired on the History Channel, which I thought yeah. was funny. Um, Brady responded with that graphic. That was so good. I mean, <laughs> kind of have to take it like that. You can't take it to heart at that point. Yeah. Uh, before I do get into my take, I just want to say I was five and one last week. If the Titans didn't so was I. I've been undefeated. Brittle and I had a very hot week. Um, to be honest, I would love, I would love to say this is Tom Brady's game, but he's gonna run into a stifling New Orleans defense that has been possessed for the last five weeks. I mean, you're seeing Demario Davis fly around the field like he's prime Jadavian Clowney. It's, it's actually absurd. Their secondary is playing unbelievably swarming. Um, Cam Jordan seems like he's making a party in the backfield every other snap. Um, and, I mean, Breeze has been throwing the ball super accurate. Having Michael Thomas back in their last game, I think, was huge for their chemistry going forward. Um, and, honestly, Jared Cook might be the most underrated tight end in the NFL. At, what is he, like 37, 38 right now? Like, he's old right now. Um, but I 30, like the, he's 33. He's 33? Yeah. Oh, my God, I thought he was way older. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Saints team. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, has been a problem for a, for a while now, especially linking up with Breeze when he's been healthy this year. Um, but I really like the Saints in this game. I think the Bucks, all the chips will be stacked against the Bucks in this game. I mean, I don't think they're going to play a more complete team than the Saints. Uh, even if they possibly play the Packers, I think the Saints are kind of a tougher matchup for them. But I'm definitely taking the Saints in this game. I think Breeze is going to have Brady's number. Yeah, I think uh, I honestly feel the same way. Um, you know, you, you don't want to bet against Brady in the playoffs, right? Especially when he's he's already lost uh, to, to Breeze twice in the regular season. But like you just said, like that Saints defense is just scary. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, they can r- definitely rush the passer, but I think in the secondary too, um, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to contain, you know, the, the, the those Tampa Bay receivers. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think – I don't know. I, I, I don't like betting against Brady. Um, but at the same time, I think that if, if the Bucks do win this game, it's going to be – it's going to be Brady really kind of – not putting the team on his back, but just like he, he's going to have to stay sharp, uh, not throw any picks, um, you know, and, and, and kind of just, uh, you know, take what take what's there. Um, I don't know if, you know, y- you don't want to take any crazy shots and, and, and start throwing interceptions because if, if, if that same speed can get some takeaways, it's going to be 
yeah, they could get some that can, yeah. And, and, you know, especially when you look at you know, that, that second game that they played, running up 38 to three. Um, if it's, and then that was, you know, that was in Tampa. Um, so I think that, um, you know, definitely the Bucks have made some adjustments since that game. Um, but yeah, I, I think the story in this game is going to be Brady versus that Saints defense. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to take the Saints in this one, but uh, I, I still think it's going to be a, a, a fairly competitive game. Yeah, just backing that up, like we said last week, we were comparing like how good we thought the games were going to play out. I think hands down, this is probably going to be, aside from maybe Baltimore and Buffalo, this is probably going to be the best game of the weekend, in my opinion, just because of how how competitive it's going to be. And I know, uh, Nate, you were backing up that Saints defense and how good they've been playing. Personally, like, I, I think this game is going to be all offense because what I saw last week from Tampa, like, they utilized Chris Godwin a lot, and I thought that was really interesting because they got Mike Evans back and he was questionable because he got hurt in the last week. And just kind of put into perspective, like, how much how much depth and how, how Brady's able to use everybody to the best of their advantage. And like you said, Michael Thomas is back for the Saints. And even last week on, on the last podcast, I was talking to Jack about – uh, Deontay Harris, another wide receiver for for the Saints, who looked amazing last week. I think he went eight for eight for for receptions and had a good chunk of yards. Michael Thomas is back. Emmanuel Sanders, like you said, and this guy out of the backfield, his name is Alvin Kamara. I don't know if you've heard of him. But he's yeah, he's pretty good. He's yeah, I mean, he yeah, he's all right. Yeah. So I think, needless to say, this game is going to be a shootout, especially because it's in the Superdome and it's indoors. Like you don't got to worry about any bad weather. And also, they're, they're, they're um, division rivals, both NFC South. And I know I keep harping on it, but I think it, it just really plays a factor in, in how competitive it's going to be because they play each other twice a year in the regular season. And with that being said, I think it's going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be a lot more difficult than, than people like make it out to be for New Orleans to come out with a win because Tampa, is, like you said, they're own two in the regular season against them. So if they can make those adjustments and... Bruce Arians and Tom Brady can kind of work together to pick out like these holes in the Saints defense. I think they're going to have a really good chance. And I know, I know like as much as I want to go with Tom Brady and how good Tampa looks, I think like just being at home and being comfortable in the, in the environment, I think the Saints are going to come away with it. Like I could see this being a two point, three point game easy, but I think in the end, just the Saints have that edge and, um, Needless to say, like, I think it's going to come down to just scoring. It's going to be literally who scores more than the other, not stopping the opponent. And in that category, I got to go with the Saints. I'm going to disagree with all of you here. I think, I think like when you look at the, like, like Robert said, it's going to be a shootout in my opinion, as I know both teams have good defensive players on, on either side, like uh, Devin White, a linebacker for the Bucks, very underrated in my opinion. I think he's pretty good. But I also look at the offense of the Bucks, and like obviously you got Tom Brady at quarterback. But then when you look at the weapons he has, he has Antonio Brown, uh, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette as running back, like Scott Miller as an underrated like third option on the wide receiving core, uh, Chris Godwin, which has already been mentioned as you know a guy that can obviously make plays. Like when you look at all that depth on offense. Even the best defense in the league, I think, can't cover every one of those guys accurately or effectively. So then it comes down to your quarterback being able to read the play and find who's open. And I don't think there's any better quarterback in the league right now than Tom Brady at doing that. So in my opinion, if one team was to pick apart the Saints defense, it'd be Tom Brady and the Bucs. So that's why I would pick the Bucs over the Saints, in my opinion. It's just that, you know, the offense is going to be so overpower- so powerful that I don't see how the Saints can hold them for four quarters like I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints get out to an early lead but also you know uh, this time I'm gonna bring it up again that we've seen Tom Brady come back from being behind in a game I'm not gonna say it against what team but hmm. maybe the team that's on my hat right now it's, it's ringing a bell hmm. yeah it's, I don't know uh I don't know who it is uh yeah what was that score again they're up uh, some, someone, the- someone was up 25 yeah. Hmm. Anyways, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll, it'll come. It'll come to us eventually. It'll come to yeah. us. Um, and to be honest, I I'm not gonna disagree with you, Curtis. I think regardless of the outcome of the game, you know, Brady is gonna show up. 
I mean, he's probably one of the best, if not the best playoff quarterback of all time. I mean, his resume is, it's, it's undoubtable. I mean, you cannot argue with statistics as much as I don't, don't like some of the results he's gotten in the Super Bowls or don't think they've been the most fair. You, you cannot argue with statistics and his greatness. The thing is, Breeze has had his number this season. And regardless of whether you're not, or whether, whether you think that affects a guy like Tom Brady mentally or not, you know it does. Even if he doesn't carry himself a different way and kind of shows that he thinks about it a lot, that's something that he's definitely keeping in the back of his head. So although he's going to show up, Breeze is going to have that confidence in himself that if he plays the same way that he did the other two times in the regular season, although it is different ball, he still could come out with the exact same outcome. And you know that. And the thing is, Taysom Hill is going to be back as well, which I think people are really realizing he's going to be back to arguably full health because he could have missed last week with a concussion. So I, uh, I'd be interested to see what that offense does. And I mean, I think, in my opinion, that Saints defense is still going to be a problem regardless of how many weapons they have. And to be honest, I don't think the Bucs can really say that. The Bucs do not have as much defensive depth as the Saints. Their front seven is nowhere near as good. So I think I think it is going to be as much of a shootout as you think it is, but I think the Saints will come out with a few key stops when it matters to blow that game open. The last thing I'll say before we... Sorry, uh, Jack, do you have something you want to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, but like, don't you think that you know that kind of put lights a fire under Tom that Breeze has beaten oh. him twice. Oh no, like, mental. Oh, no. Yeah, and I think that when when Tom plays with a chip on his shoulder, look scary. out, man. Like, That's scary. Yeah. That's deadly. And I also, also say, I, I just want to say one more thing, because um, I was watching um, Undisputed, and I thought this was an interesting fact that uh, teams that have been swept by a divisional opponent, they're I think they're fourteen and eight in the playoffs when they play that same team, the team that got swept. So really, yeah. So, and I, I also want to point out, I decision. Oh, sorry, Nate. Um, I also want to point out that Brady has never lost three games to a team in a season in his career. He's never lost three straight games to one opponent in his career. So, are you going to say that's going to start now? Maybe it will, but in my opinion, I don't think that stops. I think that he, like we've said, like you know, the offense is it's going to be a close game. Like if the saints win, I'm not going to be like flabbergasted that they yeah. won. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but we, I just think we, that like, we can all agree that it's not going to be the 38 to three that we saw the last time. No, it's not. Yeah. I'll be, okay. I'll be only, astonished if it is. And to be honest, aside from the regular season implications that this game does have, you have to look at the most recent sample size we've had. Look at their, look at their uh, equal wildcard games. Almost the saints took care of business. They did what they were supposed to do. There was really no shaky outcome involved. The Bucs, on the other hand, as definitive as that game could have and should have been, there was a lot left on that table that shouldn't have been. So I don't, don't I think the Washington is a better team than the Bears, though. Oh, I, I, also think, I also don't think that Breeze really came out in that they're, game. They only scored 21 points. Very similar. I think their teams are actually like built very similarly. Extremely yeah. defenses lacking quarterbacks for the most part. Unless you consider Heineke's unbelievable performance and that being out of the blue is justified. That you Heineke is better. I'd take Heineke over Trubisky. I, I agree. <laughs> After that one one game, I would take I, I know it's just one I'm game. Convinced, yeah. I'm convinced, yeah. I'm convinced. I'm more convinced than I've been convinced of Mitch in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I, don't know. I, think, I think a lot of these games on this slate are going to be interesting. I, where do you guys want to take this next? I was thinking about staying in the division and going um, – Sure. Talk, talking some Packers Rams. I think that's the other big game this weekend. Oh, I mean, I I think that I think the uh, Packers are going to win that game, but uh, you guys can tell me what you think. Uh, to let you guys know if you didn't see it, it sounds like Jared Goff will start for the Rams yeah, in this is. game. It was reported today. So yeah. unless something changes in the next like two days, but as of the time of this recording, he's playing. So let's keep it on to account. No, I think John Wolford was that. Is he's like he's out. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. 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 It was funny. I saw a bet that was placed today that if Wolford returns, this guy bet 200 bucks that he'll be the Super Bowl MVP. And if he wins, it'll make him 100 grand, which would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, But I think this is, this in my opinion, is the only really clear cut game of the weekend. I think even if you're starting golf, he hasn't gotten his proper heel time on his, on his hand. I mean, and not only that, I mean, the offense really didn't look in sync at all last week. Um, yeah. and I don't really, I don't see an outcome where they not only 
like beat them down defensively and contain Rodgers. But even on offense, I don't see how they pick apart that defense. Because aside from their like lack of healthy cornerbacks right now, the Packers are extremely set to especially take on a weaker like offense right now in terms of recent stature. Like this is this is the Packers game to lose. Like this is this would be my one definitive lock of the weekend for sure. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you, Nate. I think this game could has the potential to be close. Um, I I don't know if Aaron is Aaron Donald playing. Do we yeah, know? he is. He is. He is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Aaron Donald will be a factor in this game, but I think I think honestly the biggest factor for the Rams in this game is gonna be Jalen Ramsey, uh, because I think I think it's gonna you know that that matchup between him and and Devontae Adams is gonna be really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and I think the only way that the Rams have a chance of winning this game is if Ramsey can, you know, at least somewhat contain Devontae. Um, listen, you know what? I think that similarly to kind of uh, uh, the Chiefs, you know, when you have a quarterback like Rodgers, it's almost like he just has that X factor. He can kind of take over the game, you know, even if, you know, he can scramble another great quarterback, you know, at scrambling out of the pocket, making plays. Um, but, you know, we saw with, with with Russell Wilson. I would have said the same thing about him, and the, the Rams totally took that away. Um, you know, the, the Packers are a better team than the Seahawks, obviously, but um, I don't know. I think that this game could potentially be be close, uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be up to that Rams D. Uh, you know, I think that their their offense is not gonna do many favors. Um, I thought Jared Goff looked okay, but. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Cooper Cup is playing or not, um, but uh, yeah, if if the if the Rams are even going to have a chance of winning this game, it's got to be their their D is going to play unbelievable. But I, I think they looked really really good against Seattle last week, so um, I think they I think they have a chance. I think they have a chance of winning this game. But I'm I'm going to take the Packers, but I think it could be close. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna side with Jack on this one because I really like. I was I I was really impressed with what the Rams did last week, and obviously I know, like you said, the Seahawks are nowhere near the Packers in terms of competitiveness. But uh, I was I was really really surprised with how good they played and how big of a factor Aaron Donald was, and even uh, Jalen Ramsey, like you said. So I think um, if Aaron Donald does play, which he's he is, he's going to play if he can continue to bring that same level of like explosiveness and, and just keep creating problems for that old line, I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people make it out to be. The only thing aside from how good the Packers offense is like even Tanyan, I really liked what he's been doing. Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones, they've all been fantastic. Uh, Scandling, Valdez Scandling, he's been pretty good this yes. year. So again, I think a lot of that is going to have to come up with that, uh, Rams Rams secondary because their their run defense for the most part I'm pretty confident in I think they can take care of business, but that secondary because the Packers have so many weapons especially Devontae Adams one of the best wide receivers in the league, um, a big factor though I think is going to be the weather because I know uh, not a lot of teams play at Lambeau, and obviously the Packers are that's it's their home field and especially coming from a place like L A like you know what's the worst weather those guys have experienced like 20 degrees Celsius. Like, you know, I I think, yeah, I think that's going to be a really big factor, especially these January games. So if you see a little bit of flurries or just the temperature in general, if it starts to dip down, I think Aaron Rodgers, especially since he's like the forefront of that offense is like a day at the office for him, just a regular Saturday afternoon. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take the Packers in this one, but Honestly, I said this last podcast to Jack as well. If that Rams defense can play as good as they did against Seattle early on and get a couple takeaways, I think they like if they come up with a, with a couple scores here and there early on in the game and they get out to like a little lead, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting because Green Bay just had the week off. And there's, a, there's like two ways you can look at it, right? So either one, they just had the week off, everybody's rested up and ready to go. Or two, they're rested, but they're off their game kind of like they're a little bit rusty to get back into the groove and especially a team like LA that just came off of a huge win last week and made a really big like standpoint in my opinion I think if they can carry that momentum into the beginning of the game get a couple takeaways and kind of cool off the offense of Green Bay I think this game's gonna be really interesting I really do but yeah I think you know when you look at this game I like 
I think that there is a way the Rams can win this game. I don't think it's like last week where we saw games where, you know, there was a clear winner. I think there's no game like that this week. But, like, overall, I think the Packers should win this game. I think, you know, you just look at how efficient Aaron Rodgers has been all season. And, like, he's he's played against some pretty good defenses this year. And he's dialed. And he's won. And, like, I think he's this year's MVP. So, you know, I think the only way the Rams do win is if, like, I've, I'm pretty sure Robert said this, but uh, if the defense comes up clutch, then, yeah, obviously that's how you win football games is if your defense comes up, gets you, gets you the ball back. Like, that's how it works. But, I mean, whether they can do that against uh, Aaron Rodgers and that and this Packers team, I'm, I'm not sure. I, like, I think I'm going to go with Packers, which – I mean, everyone's gone with Packers so far, so it's no shock there. But, uh, yeah, I just think that, like, the only way the Rams can win this game is if their defense really comes through, maybe gets, like, a pick six or a couple turnovers on Rodgers. But other than that, I just think that uh, Green Bay's offense is just way better than the Rams, and I think they should take that game easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I can't argue with playoff Rodgers as much as you can't really argue with playoff Brady. Like, you know they're going to show up there's always those guys who shine the brightest when the lights are also the brightest. And I think Rogers is going to prove that this weekend. Um, and not only that, I feel like he's kind of understanding that him much like some of the other older veteran quarterbacks in the league, much like Breeze and Brady, their eras are kind of, I don't want to say coming to an end, but they're starting to realize that their window is dwindling because of some of the other young talent, like on the flip side in the AFC, you have Mahomes, Allen and Lamar and Baker who are also kind of ascending that role into the next era of quarterbacks. So I think they kind of understand that if they're going to kick the can, they better kick the fuck out of the can in the next few years. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw Wait. this, but... Has Rodgers won, yeah, won, won a Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Take Sorry, a drop Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, take a guess against which team. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, oh, bye, bye, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this. I think it was Bleacher Report that posted it. It was like they were putting like all the quarterbacks in the in the left in the playoffs in like different tiers, and they had one of them that was like rookies, and then, and then one of them was like Super Bowl vets, and they listed like Jared Goff with like Brady and like Rogers, and I'm like, uh, I don't know about that one, Chief. I know he's played in a Super Bowl, but come on, guys. That's not that's not a veteran. Come on. To be honest, yeah. like, all I'm saying is if Jared Goff is starting this weekend. He's probably the worst quarterback starting this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'll stand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. yeah. I had I had yeah. to think about the teams for a second, but yeah, the, yeah. I agree. With that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I know that there's people out there who'd be like, "Oh my gosh, Jared Goff's so much better than," uh, and I'm like, no. "I don't think he's bad, but he is the no. he's the be- he's the worst out of the he's, all, he's also four. banged up. Yeah, he is. he's yeah. he's the worst out of he's worst out of a divisional round that includes. Two Hall of three Hall of Famers actually, and yeah. well, two Patrick MVP four, candidates, four Hall of Famers. Who's the four Hall of Famers? Already there. I'm yeah. not I, there. I said okay. It. Like <laughs> I'm sure he will be when everything's said and done. But like that's a little early to call that. Oh, it, like, it is early, but you know that's where the trend is. Going. He, he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I would yeah. think okay. so. Yeah. The past two MVPs are in this, in in this divisional round. And then you have three Hall of Famers, and then you have Jake Allen, who possibly will win the MVP this year. Josh, and then you have Jared Josh Goff. Allen, so, yeah, yeah Josh and Josh Baker, and Baker. Baker, yeah. So, I yeah, take maybe Baker over Goff any day. All, all I'm saying is, looking at looking ahead at that one, right next to it, Baker better show or wake up feeling extremely dangerous to beat. <laughs> oh yeah, he better yeah, we're, good okay. that. That's a good segue because I think that was the one I was going to go to next if we're going to look at the Browns and Chiefs. And I know uh, last podcast, Jack kind of threw a little hot take at us and thought that a little, the Browns... A little. <laughs> it was pretty... It was no, pretty those scorching. It was pretty steamy. Oh, man. It, was, it, it got me pretty hot. Like, I'm not going to lie. But um, anyways, Jack, you know, I think we'll let you kick this one off okay. because you're the one that thought this was, this was going to be a close game, so... Well, like we, we we discussed this last time, like what we think of uh, close as, and I think I said you said like if it was like t- within ten points, that would be close to you. Well, yeah, the spread, that's, the spread, spread is ten. The spread's ten, so yeah. But I would, I would, I mean, listen, if you're gonna beat the Chiefs, you're basically just gonna have to outscore them, right? I mean, this is like the most high-powered offense in the league. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you have Mahomes, 
Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey. Um, uh, you know, a headache trying to think about it. <laughs> really, yeah, like, yeah, really. What, like, where do I stop? But um, so you know, I looking at the Browns' performance against the Steelers, I was pretty impressed. Um, I was really impressed with the um, the running game, um, and and honestly, just Baker. I think he looked extremely accurate. He looked like poised. Um, I mean, it helped that, you know, the, the, the Browns defense had a bunch of takeaways early in the game. I think that kind of made him, uh, you know, get comfortable. Um, obviously, I don't think that's going to, you know, be the same story when you're, when you're playing the Chiefs. Um, although Mahomes has had a few, you know, shaky games this season, uh, you know, against the Dolphins and uh, the Falcons. Obviously, they ended up winning both of those games. But um, I, I think – I just think that if, if Cleveland can establish that running game, with you know that tandem of Hunt and, and Chubb, um, that that looks really good, um, and yeah, basically they're just gonna have to score, and you know it's not that's that's a uh, you know a pretty tall task to score Kansas City, but I don't think that like let me I don't think the Browns are gonna win this game. I just I just think that you know it's it's always a dangerous team when kind of everybody's counting you out, and uh, and I think that if Baker can kind of you know just continue his he's I think he's had a great season this year he, he's he stopped turning over the ball uh which was one of kind of his biggest uh faults so I think if, if the Browns can just kind of pick up where they left off against the Steelers and just you know play to the best of their ability um I think they match up decently with the Chiefs as much as anyone does you know which is you know uh, uh I don't think anyone matches up really well with the Chiefs but um yeah I I think that I, I I think this game could be closer than a lot of people think, but I, I don't think, uh, no, I don't think that the Browns are going to be the Chiefs, but. I'll, uh, I'll preface what I'm going to say by saying that I'm going to take the Chiefs this weekend. Um, but you want to talk about one team that has been the perennial underdog for the pretty much every football fans conceivable last four or five years. The Cleveland Browns had a beer fridge three years ago where if they got a win, everyone got free beer. And now they're going into it being one of the top teams after beating arguably the best team going into this playoffs. Very shaky end of the season. Sorry, Rob, not trying to put salt in the wound. Um, but I'm the whole kitchen at me right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to kick you when you're down. That's the last thing I'd want to do. It's all good. Um, but Jack, as you said, the only shot that you're going to have beating a Chiefs team this talented and stacked is by outscoring them. And the only difficult thing with the Browns is they are also running into a fairly hot secondary as well to end the season. Uh, two of their DBs, um, Sneed and I forget, I'm forgetting the name of the other one. Uh, they were basically a SWAT party for the entirety of the last three or four weeks of the season. Like, no, it was a no-fly zone back there. Um, <clears throat> but I think if the Browns can take advantage of some good play action chances off of uh, turning chances off of that run game with Chubb and uh, Chubb and Hunt, as we were talking about, then I think they could find a lot of success on offense. It'll just be matching the same pace the entire game. And I mean, it's tough when, especially when the Chiefs are firing in all cylinders, it's basically like trying to stop like a tidal wave with a piece of paper. Like you're not going to do it. And it's really tough because letting someone get into that zone, you don't want to, but if Mahomes has his four or five top, top notch weapons to throw to the entire game and you're not doing anything to stop it, then he's going to get hot by the second quarter and the game's going to be over before you blink. So they got to come out gunning and ready to go from the first snap, just like they did against the Steelers. And they're going to have to blow it open early like they did, they did against the Steelers in order to win. Because if this is close all the way through, Mahomes is going to push for 14 or 21 points in three possessions and the game's going to be over. So they have to be able to hang the entire game, which is going to be hard, but I think they can do it. Uh, just to back up what you said about Snead, I think the other guy you were looking for is Teron Matthew. Yeah. So, yeah. He's Badger. Yeah. Uh, leading the team in interceptions with six. But honestly, like, I, I want to say Cleveland's going to compete, but I really, I really don't see it happening um, just because of how good Kansas City is. And not to take anything away from Cleveland and be a salty Steelers fan or anything like that, but I think a big reason as to why they did so good last week was, yes, they played good, but they also, like, like they took care of business and took advantage, like, when it was, like, 
on a silver platter to them, right? Like the first snap of the game, the guy fumbled the snap and it was literally in the end zone and they recovered it. So seven points up on the board. Then a couple interceptions here and there from Ben on their side of the field. And it was like a 30 yard or 35 yard march for Cleveland. And they put up another seven points. So I think a big reason as to why they got out, like blew the gates open last week was because it was like kind of handed to them in a way, but they still, nonetheless, they played a great game for the whole 60 minutes and all that. But I, I really don't see Kansas City like making those same mistakes that Pittsburgh made last week, which was, in my opinion, a big reason why Cleveland won. Um, because like we saw last week, Pittsburgh had a little bit of momentum carrying over from halftime. And I don't know if you guys remember last week, there was a fourth and one for Pittsburgh around the midfield and they elected to punt it. And a lot of people were saying that they should have went for it. And All the momentum. Yeah. So I think like it was, it was right there for the Steelers to come back and, 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 and make a, make a full comeback. So I really don't think Cleveland can afford to make those same mistakes, if you will, against a team like Kansas city, because like you said, Mahomes still put up 21 points on you before you can blink. So it's, it's, it's tough because again, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, Kansas city had the week off last week. Right. So again, there's the two ways to look at it. They're rest, they're rested, they're ready to go, or they're rested and they're rusty. So if Cleveland can jump out to that early start again, who knows? But against a team like Kansas City with such a high-powered offense, I really don't think it matters what lead they get out to at the beginning because all it takes is Kansas City to score one touchdown, a three and out or a takeaway, and that's it. Once they're in their groove, it's over. So I really don't see Cleveland competing at all, really, because I think a couple scores quickly or just a couple scores in general and a couple stops from Kansas City, and this game is going to be over. Just because, again – how they looked last week against Pittsburgh, as soon as they started, the momentum started shifting, it seemed like Pittsburgh had a really good chance of coming back. And for the better part of the game, they did. Um, so again, if they do that against a team like Kansas City, it's it's going to be over before it even started, for lack of a better term. So I'm rolling with the Chiefs. I think to quote fellow Canadian Chase Claypool, they will be sitting on the couch next to me in a week. I, I think that's the way the way the way you gotta look at it this week. Um, you know, maybe that's a little harsh from Chase, but you know, I think I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with him. I think, but if since I know, how are we gonna say that uh, they're gonna win? They're gonna win because they have Mahomes. They have a crazy offense. They have a good team. So I'm gonna spend my time talking about the one way the Browns could actually win, and that's by getting to Mahomes. The, one, the only times that Mahomes has lost games in his career is when he's had three or more sacks against him. So you have to get to him. You have to get in his face. That's when he's not good is when you have a lot of rushing. So, And you know what? I don't want to say that the Browns' front seven is the best in the league because it's definitely not. But they showed me some stuff against the Steelers last week that made me feel a little bit confident in them. So the only way that the Browns win this game is if they sack Mahomes. Seems pretty simple. It's how football works, but is what has to happen. Like the only game that Mahomes lost this year was to uh, the Raiders, and the way that the Raiders did that is they sacked him five times. They sacked him five times in the game. That's how you win the game is by sacking Mahomes. So if the Browns want to do that, that's what they have to do. Uh, and then you can also look at uh, one of the better defensive teams in the league, in my opinion, in New Orleans, and they sacked him four times. They didn't win the game but they only lost by four points or sorry, a field goal. Like they almost beat the chiefs and the, and I'm pretty sure that was week 15, but I mean, like Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. And he's going to win this game. And the only reason he's not in the, he's not going to win the MVP is because it's kind of one of those like no duh things. Like kind of like in the NHL, how McDavid never wins the heart. It's like, of course you're supposed to always be in that conversation, but I mean, like, I don't see how the Chiefs lose this game. Like, besides, you know, maybe Cleveland's uh, D-line gets hot and, you know, kind of gets a couple breaks and, you know, they get a couple hits on Mahomes, shake him up a little bit to start the game. You know, I think that's the only way you phase Mahomes is by making contact with him, like getting him on the ground. And even then, like, even if you beat your block, like Mahomes is elusive. So you can't just, like, rest on your laurels that, like, oh, once I get around this guy, I'm just going to sack him. Like, you really have to – it really has to be a defensive masterpiece by the Browns to win this game. Like, they really have to show that – basically, they have to look like the best defense in the league on uh, – are they playing Saturday or Sunday? Let me double-check. 
Sunday. I think it's Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Sunday. They, they have to look like the best defense on Sunday in the league if they want to win. That's the only way they can win. And even then, I don't think they might. I don't think they like. There's a chance even then they might not win, because that's all up to Baker. And I think a good point that Jack made last week is that I do think that the Browns have one of the best run games in the NFL. So I think they can definitely use that to their advantage. And I wouldn't say that Kansas City has the best defense in the NFL. They have a good one, a very good one. Though they've we've all seen that they've given up points. So I think when you we can look back to the Vegas game, we can look to the. New Orleans Saints game, and look at some teams that are somewhat comp- comparable to the Browns. I think, you know, that's what the Browns have to do. Obviously, I think it'd be a different story if the Browns had uh, OBJ, but, you know, they don't. And I think the Chiefs are going to take this easily. Um, the only thing that I would say is the one thing that kind of sets that Chiefs defense apart, although it may not be that good on paper, is they're extremely stifling in the red zone. It is very hard once you get them within 20 yards to finally convert that touchdown. And the thing is, if you're if you're kind of putting them in that bind where they have to take three in short field situations, that's a lot different than trying to do that to the Chiefs. If the Chiefs have that kind of bend but don't break defense, the odds of your defense playing the exact same way, regardless of how good they are any given week, is minimal at best. You can only minimize the bleeding. You're not going to stop the entire game. If Mahomes is throwing you out early and you're not getting to him, you let him get in his rhythm, you let him get comfortable, if you're not getting in his face, as as I said to Rob, as Rob reiterated, he will put up 21 before you can blink. And the thing is, there aren't many other guys who could you could say that about. But the thing is, if Miles Garrett isn't getting home, if the linebackers aren't getting out, if they're not if they're not containing Mahomes and they're letting him dance around in the pocket for six seconds every throw, you're not going to win. Because you think about it, you give him anything over five seconds, it's either an air out to Tyreek, Kelsey's somewhere in the 25 yard radius. He dumps it off in the backfield or he hits a little drag or a slant for 15 or 20. Like you can't, you cannot let him pick his poison the entire game. You have to make him uncomfortable. Him and Brady are the only two that are like that. You have to make it uncomfortable in order to win. That's the only way. And the odds of that happening are very minimal. Uh, just to, think- sorry, Curtis, just really quickly. I just wanted to bring this up. I think uh, another way that's um, like a big factor in beating the chiefs is it's, simply just keep them off the field, right? The longer Cleveland has the ball, the better off they're going to be. Because like you said, Mahomes, five seconds. It's the magic number for Mahomes to do something special. And, you know, like we said before, they have one of the best run games in the league. Obviously you run the ball, you control the clock, you control the pace of the game. So, you know, they, they get that going early and Mahomes is off the field for that much longer. And it's, it all comes down to like, just Cleveland converting. I know, obviously, Nate, you just said that's going to be a t- difficult task because of how good they've been in the red zone, Kansas City's defense. Um, but yeah, just I think it's got to be a very well managed, clock managed game for Cleveland if they want to compete, in my opinion, because that seems like the only logical explanation to really stopping Mahomes. No defense really has, aside from Miami, and uh, what was the final score in the New Orleans game when they played New Orleans? Uh, it was. 32-29. Uh, okay, so still 30 so plus the other points. The other team you're looking for, but you don't want to say is Atlanta because they have like 17 points. But <laughs> a little shade. The, um, <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think a lot of it's going to have to be just keeping them off the field because, like I said, it seems like the only just logical explanation. How do you prevent a guy from scoring? Well, a defense can't really, for the better part of the season, no defense could figure it out. Uh, just keep them off the field. Let the offense prevail. I, but I also, in all fairness, uh, Robert, that is kind of a trap game because it's the last game of the season and they already clinched everything. So, like, were they 100% falling out that game? Maybe not. Like, I think I you got to take that into consideration. But I hate anyways. Really quick, but I just want to retract this. Um, the last time I looked at Kansas City's red zone defensive percentage for touchdowns, they were a lot better than they were. They're currently sitting at sixty or 76% allowed touchdown percentage this season. They're sitting dead last in the league, so well. They besides the besides the besides the Falcons game, they've given up twenty points every game. I can't lie. Yeah. I'm gonna track my statement. I still think the Chiefs are gonna win, but with how often the Browns run the ball in the red zone with their two-headed snake on attack field, this is gonna be really high scoring. I this wait. So are are we like slowly? Yeah, like, I know shifting a little bit. Yeah. Talking to ourselves. Take my side. <laughs> 
no, slowly like is, I'm still rocking with the Chiefs, but I agree. So am I, but this game's gonna be closer than people give it credit for. I do agree with that, Britt. If if the Browns are within seven points of the Chiefs, we're gonna give Jack the first 20 minutes of the podcast just oh, to talk. For sure. I'll just say to gloat. Just to gloat about even if they don't win, even if they don't win, just to gloat about the fact that it was a close game. But yeah, I think like everyone said. If they win, just like, I just get the whole podcast. Hey, hey, yeah, I said it. Get a podcast to yourself. I told you the Redskins were going to cover the spread against the Bucks. We're we're, we're playing. That's another. That's another hot one. Anyway, I didn't mean to interject again. Yeah, but we gave Jack his moment to shine. He couldn't show up. Yeah. So. <laughs> Snooze, you lose, buddy. Anyways, so moving on to, I think this is one of the more interesting games of the week. Is you know. Probably the two most up-and-coming young quarterbacks, maybe besides Mahomes, but Mahomes is already there, so it's hard to call him up-and-coming because he's won a Super Bowl. But, yeah. uh, you know, the Ravens and Bills. And to be honest, guys, I've been going back and forth with this all week. Like, I can see either team winning this game. Like, oh, okay, people are shaking their heads, so we'll go to them first. I think, you know, Robert, we're going to start with you on this one. Who do you got? To. And uh, Just uh, yeah. throwing it out there, I know – Jack and uh, Nate last week what was your guys' record five and one. I think I was. I think it was like one of the only people to take Baltimore last week against Tennessee. So you were you know, the only person. It's, it's just natural. I'm gonna rock with them again this week. I really liked what they did last week, and I think I know. I know. I brought it up last week when they were playing a, a high-powered offense like Tennessee, and now they're going up against an even more high-powered offense like Buffalo. Um, it's the best of both worlds. You get a really good offense and you get a really good defense. And in my opinion, who's going to prevail? The really good defense, because if you can stop the other team from scoring, you don't, you're not required to put up as many points, obviously. So I think, I think uh, like Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, they got to do a really good job of locking up digs, which obviously is no, is a very tall task. Um, but you have to keep in mind like Buffalo's other receivers, like Cole Beasley, he's been, he's had a great year this year. Um, I would say worry about the run defense or sorry, worry about the run game from Buffalo, but I think Zach Moss got hurt last week and I'm not sure if he's suiting up this no. week for Buffalo. I don't think so, single no. Yeah. So Singletary, in my opinion, hasn't been a really big threat this year. So I don't think that's something to worry about. And I think against a team like Baltimore, Josh Allen's going to put his assets on full display, but I'm going to rock with Baltimore here because I really liked what I saw last week from both ends of the ball. Uh, obviously they played great defensively. I think they limited Derrick Henry to what was it like 40 yards or something like that. And that's the best running back. Sorry. I said, don't even remind me. That was disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. So I I really liked what I saw last week and, you know, even with AJ Brown, I know he had like roughly 80 receiving yards and a touchdown, but for the better part of the game, like he was pretty quiet more or less. So I think if they can figure out a way to do something with digs, um, you know, I think they can live with a, with a little hit like Cole Beasley here and there. I think they can manage. And Buffalo's run defense, like last week against uh, the Colts and one of the better – no, I wouldn't say better. Uh, yeah, better better running backs in the league and Jonathan Taylor. Him and uh, that tandem with him and Hines, they were they were lighting, they were were ripping them apart last week. And uh, I think Indy probably should have won that game if they kept sticking with it. But we're, move, we're, 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 we're moved on. We're moving on. Um I think another threat this week, another big running threat between Dobbins. I really liked what he did last week, and I liked what he's been doing all season. And, of course, Lamar. Um, you know, they had a few plays last week with Lamar, obviously, running for that 50-yard touchdown or whatever it was. They pull over one of the guards, and they make him block in front of Lamar. And then once Lamar gets that five or ten yards of separation, it's open field for him. It's open season. He's tearing defensive backs apart. So I think if they can utilize that run game to – a weak run defense in Buffalo and keep doing what they've been doing all season on defense. I see no reason as to why they can't win this game. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be really high scoring. Um, I'm going to take Buffalo though, as much as it pains me as a Patriots fan, but um, yeah, I think that, I just think that, you know, um, Buffalo is just a much better all around team than Tennessee. Um, and, Josh Allen is just a way more mobile quarterback than sorry, than Jack, Ryan but you, you mean uh, Baltimore, right? You said Tennessee. Oh no, but I say or I, I meant Buffalo was a better team than than like, uh, 
Tennessee. Wise, yeah. yeah, like opponent Oh, wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I just think that like, you know, Tan for Tannehill, it's like basically if you put if you put some decent weapons around him and and give him a great running game, I think he can be a good quarterback. But for Allen, it's like, you know, I think the way he's improved his mechanics and his accuracy this year, not to mention obviously, you know, the acquisition of Stefan Diggs. Um, he just looks, he looks, he's looked lights out all year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just think that's why I think that Buffalo will take this one, but I think that, I think it'll be a very close game. Um, you know, I think, like I said, with the lat with, with, uh, last week when, you know, before, uh, the Baltimore Tennessee game happened, if, you know, similarly, if Buffalo lets Lamar run wild, then, you know, this could be, uh, it could be I, I, that's where I think you know Baltimore's windows window is open to win the game, um, but but yeah I just think I, I just think that that Buffalo offense just looks really good. Uh, the, the defense is questionable, but that's why I think it's gonna this game is gonna be a shootout. I really do. I, I could see this being very high scoring, um, and and it, it could go either way. But I think that Buffalo Buffalo's offense that that connection between Allen and Diggs this year is just I think it puts them over the top um yeah I I am also going to take Buffalo here um I was really impressed with the way that the Ravens uh played last week and they did kind of shove it in my face that I was a tad bit of a naysayer saying the Titans were going to be in their dome um but I think one thing that Baltimore does have going forward as we as uh, you mentioned Robert about uh Buffalo's lack of Rundy against Indy and that little two-headed snake that they have in the backfield of uh, Taylor and Hines. I feel like that could kind of spell to be a little double trouble again this weekend. Um, I think if the Ravens can get their option play going again, as they usually do with Lamar, like Lamar for the most part almost always makes the right read, which usually is always a gash play if he ends up keeping. Um, I think with that, with that compare or combined with their RPO stuff that they have in their packages uh, in the in the last few weeks, I think could be huge for them in this game. Um, but my one biggest X factor going into this game is actually Dawson Knox. Uh, Dawson Knox has probably been one of the most underrated tight ends in the league uh, through the latter half of the season, uh, and Allen's targeting him a lot more. He's almost becoming their second option since uh, Cole Beasley was out. He, he did come back last week, but before that. Um, I think look for him to throw to him a lot more during the play action. He loves to throw to him up the seams and on the little corner routes. Um, Allen has been probably one of the best. I think it was from like 20 to 25 yards. His completion percentage was the best in the NFL this year. Um, he has a great range of throwing into his sweet spot for the deep ball. And I mean, as you mentioned, Jack, he's really like rounded out his mechanic this year and he's really kind of uh, honed in his deep ball accuracy. So I think if he can catch them off the uh, play action like he likes to do and kind of find his reads and get into rhythm, much like Mahomes does, it could be a really long day for Baltimore, even though they do have a very talented defense. Yeah, I just think that uh, when you look at at the Bills, like I think that they just are – they have so many uh, options on offense. Actually, is uh, Moss coming back for this game, or is he out? I think he's out. I think, he, I think he's out. Yeah, I think he's out. <laughs> Mm, that maybe that changes it a little bit, but in my opinion, the way to beat Lamar Jackson is to just basically stop the run game. Because if you force him to throw the ball, he's going to make mistakes. You saw that against Tennessee last week. You've seen that in the playoffs in years before. Um, and I think like when you, if they make it into a throwing game, the Bills have the upper advantage by by far. Like Josh Allen's a way better throwing quarterback. And I think you know when you, and I think when you look at the at the Bills like. And also, let's look at the score last week. They It was 2013. They only scored two touchdowns against Tennessee. And arguably, like, that one run from Lamar was great. But, like, say you they that run doesn't happen, that one run, that's a really close game against Tennessee. So, you know, while we're, we're hyping up, you know, uh, Dobbins and Lamar, who else do they have on offense? I think if you shut those two guys down, it's an easy win for the Bills. I think the Bills are just Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. I was gonna say he played um, solid Mark last Andrews week. Is also probably one of the best, if not the best, tight ends in the game right now. Him and Kittle. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even what Willie Sneed as well. Willie Sneed's no pushover. He's a good third option. Yeah. 
yeah, they they do have weapons. And I mean, that team is dangerous at any time. As I said, you can't let Lamar get comfortable in the read option. As you said, Curtis, you definitely have to force in the pass. That's the only way you're going to win the game. Uh, but this is definitely going to be the biggest toss-up of the weekend in my yeah. mind. I think this game could definitely go either way. It kind of just depends how not only Baltimore shows up defensively, but honestly how run-stopping the Bills are. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, as much as I think it's going to be a defensive battle, if no one chooses to play defense, then it's going to be an air show and a run show. So it's kind of just whichever strength you're taking there. So I'm going to pick my poison. I think it's still going to be the Bills. Yeah, and for the pretty much for the same reason, just to finish my point, is that like, you know, the I just think the Bills have, in my opinion, more weapons. And while I do think, I think it's hard to dispute that Baltimore doesn't have the better defense in this matchup. I think that like Josh Allen's just a better overall quarterback. And I think I also mentioned this last week, the fact that, you know, I really liked uh, his read plays, especially against, you know, the D line of Indy where he caught them cheating a couple of times and he ran in for a couple of those touchdowns in the first half. You know, I really like that. And if he can do that against Baltimore, like I think they're going to have a good chance to win. Oh yeah. So I was just uh, backtracking because we were questioning if Zach Moss was going to suit up this weekend. So if I'm reading correctly, it says he's doubtful to return because of an ankle injury. However, the Bills signed Devonta Freeman to their practice squad to replace him, to replace Zach Moss this weekend. So, um, As a know, Falcons Devontae... fan, that does nothing for me. He's shed. Okay, well, there's that. Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't really following him this, week, this season, but I know the Giants picked him up after Saquon went down. Uh, I don't think he did anything special, to be honest with you. Mind you, I don't know how good the Giants' offensive line is, but that's another discussion. But needless to say, um, I think if if he does play, it's got to take him time to learn the playbook and all that good stuff. So uh, they're definitely going to rock with Singletary over him. And in that case, I think Baltimore's got the edge because Singletary hasn't been anything special this year, and they've just been so good on um, on the defensive side of the ball. One thing, though, as much as I rock with, as much as I'm rocking with Baltimore this weekend, I will say, um, I think a big factor is going to be the start that Baltimore gets off to, because I think if um, if Buffalo can figure out Lamar and his running or RPOs uh, early on in the game, I think it's going to be a long day for Baltimore, and I don't think they're going to be able to generate anything because obviously a lot of their offense comes off of Lamar running the ball, and like we said earlier. Um, a big way you're going to beat Baltimore is to force them to throw the ball. And obviously as a quarterback, that's not exactly what you want to hear, like as a Ravens fan. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of it's going to have to determine with how Baltimore comes out, because if they can show that they're asserting the run dominance from the kickoff, I think they're going to have a really good chance of winning this game. Yeah. Does anyone have, sorry, does anyone else have anything they want to say quickly before we move on to some of the recent uh, coach hirings and then wrap it up? Uh, I mean, Ur- Urban Meyer got hired to Jacksonville. I think at this point, anything kind of mends, mends anything in Jacksonville. <laughs> um, yeah. I think realistically, I don't know how much change that's actually going to inspire. I mean, they still have probably one of the least talented franchises right now in the NFL. That's just looking at it objectively, not meaning to diss any hardcore Jacksonville fans out of there. That's kind of just a fact. Who is a hardcore Jacksonville? Fan I was gonna though? say there's not I many. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I could not tell it, it's, you. It's, it's, it's kind of like Florida Panthers fans. Like they're few it's and true. far between. Um, but I think I think it can't do any harm. That's really the way I'm looking at it. Like he had an immense amount of college success. That's inarguable. Uh, whether or not he fully transitions to the NFL, that's gonna be kind of time dependent. We're gonna kind of have to wait and see. But he also does have a lot of facilities ahead of him. They do have a lot of cap this offseason, so they could bring in a few pieces if they want to. They do also happen to have the number one pick, which is going to coincide with whoever he wants to start his franchise with now. So he kind of has all the puzzle pieces set out for him. It's kind of just how he chooses to put it together, and I think he could be successful. Yeah, I'll say this about the Jaguars, too. Like you said, they have a huge amount of cap space. And also, being in Florida, there's no state tax. So I think that entices a lot of players to, to go play in Florida. For sure. Um, and yeah, and they're getting Trevor Lawrence. So I think that, like, I don't think you're going to see, like, like, I don't think Jacksonville is going to make the playoffs next year, but they're going to be a way better team. They're not going to go one in 16 again. You know what I mean? So I think, I think with Urban Meyer, um, Trevor Lawrence, I think they'll at least be competitive. I, you know, I'm not even going to say they're going to finish above 500, but I think they could, they could be, 
they could be competitive. And they and they like I said, they, I think they have a bright future because they have a lot of cap space. They can sign some great some good players. So and plus yeah. they're gonna have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm not counting out James uh, Fields. In that After category. the performance in that in the Alabama yeah. game, I don't see him going no. first. You know, you might be you might be onto something. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm gonna agree. Like Jacksonville, I think, I guess, uh, in a sense, they're promising because obviously they didn't show much this this season. But uh, the running back James Robinson, uh, he had a pretty good year this year. I think he rushed for over a thousand yards. So I guess I that's. I will say DJ Chark is also really good. I was just yeah, I was gonna bring him up too. I think if you pair him up with a pretty good. Uh, quarterback in like a Lawrence or a Fields maybe they could do some damage there but they're definitely going to have to sign sign somebody especially like you said with all that cap space they're, gonna, they're definitely gonna have to add a lot of pieces because aside from those two I can't think of another impact player on Jacksonville right so I think they're they're far from from being a competitive team in this league especially with like how good the AFC is is and how good they're projected to be um I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a long, gritty rebuild for Jacksonville. But if they can start now, like obviously they've made a good pick or a good choice in uh, bringing in Meyer and hopefully they make a good pick in this draft. And if they can build off of these steps, you know, sign some guys in free agency, I think, uh, I think they could make some noise in some years to come. Yeah. I, I know we were talking about this earlier before the podcast, but I just want to bring it up for the listeners. This will be uh, Urban Meyer's first job in the NFL. He hasn't worked in the NFL yet. Um, well, at least according to his Wikipedia page, but, um, so yeah, I think, and the last job that he had before today was as the head coach of Ohio state in 2018 was when he stepped down from that job. So, you know, it's been a couple of years since he's, he's worked, but I mean, he's one of those, he's a good coach. Like, I mean, he's, he won a national championship of Ohio state. So, I mean, you can't really knock the guy. It's just whether like and the Gators too, right? Um, did they? I, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. The, I thought he did with, yeah. with Tebow. What year was that? He coached from Florida like, from 2005 to 2010. Yeah, I don't know what year Tebow played. I think I think it was one of those years. Yeah. Um, Big Ten championships. Uh, yeah, 2006, 2006, and 2008. Okay, so he's won three national championships then. Wow. I think the, the biggest uh, the biggest question with this uh, you know the, surrounding the, the Jaguars is uh, where's Gardner Minshew going to go? I think that's what everybody's wondering. Back I, I'm jo- I'm joking. I'm just joking. Gardner Minshew, I'm hoping will become the backup quarterback somewhere. Yeah. The mustache yeah. Like that. He doesn't belong anywhere else but on national team. Yeah. He just yeah. wakes up and feels dangerous. That guy. Also, <laughs> fun fact: Did you know that um, Meyer is one of only three coaches to win oh, uh, in two different just... university programs, like the national championship. Can you name oh. the other two uh, quote coaches? One of them still active, by the way. In college? In college. Won two championships with two different programs. Or, well, has won a championship with two different programs because he won two in Florida. Am I an idiot if I don't say Nick Saban? Has he even been with another team for Alabama? No, I think, I think he's only been with Alabama. Yeah. Um, Hmm. It's a tough one. To be honest, I'm not too fond of any of NCAA football coaches. It, it's not. So. It's not Dabo Sweeney, is it? Okay, so you guys were right. Actually, initially, uh, Nick Saban is one of the coaches. Oh, okay. Um, there we go. Uh, the I couldn't. Who's the other school? Alabama. Uh, I'd have to double check, but I'm not sure. They just list him as the other team. Uh. I'll check that later. And the other one's Pop Warner was the other one to win okay. two different. And he won national championships with uh, – let me have a look. Oh, wait, but this – is that – he, 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 he won one with LSU in the early 2000s. Oh, yes. But was that – were they both when he was the head coach or just like – Yeah, he was head like, coach with LSU. Oh, he's head coach. Oh, okay. All right. I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, it's that's just, a fun, yeah. fun fact. Football minds, I guess. No. Yeah, or he just coached two of the better programs in the country. You know, that yeah. helps too. You know, Florida it hasn't been terrible over their history. Neither has Ohio State. So. Yeah. 
Plus, they had arguably one of the best college quarterbacks ever in Team Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yeah. But if if Tim Tebow chooses anything, it doesn't matter what you do in college. It can be a lot different when you go to the NFL. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Is, sure. is Tim Tebow the biggest bust of all time? I mean, no, because he he won a playoff game. It's not going to be. He, uh, he's not the biggest bust of. Uh, I mean, the hype what on about, him was pretty unreal. What about what? that? What was the what was the guy's name? Um, was drafted first overall by the Raiders, Jamarcus Russell. Oh, like he was a bust. <laughs> that guy's a bust. I mean, I guess he won a playoff team, but. I, I no like I, I get what you're saying because he was like he was expected to be like basically like super, the next Tom Brady yeah saving grace what a guy what a guy <laughs> now he's playing baseball for the Mets well not like the Mets he's playing for yeah, the affiliates so, but yeah. affiliates, what about yeah. what about Johnny Manziel he got to throw him in there too I, that guy's a bust yeah wasn't he projected <laughs> yeah. to go first overall yeah he was but yeah, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't drafted that high, though. I mean, yeah, he was like twenty third overall. Yeah, twenty third, late first round. I remember watching that. The Cowboys wanted him. Jerry Jones wanted him. Imagine that. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Then, then someone slapped Terry Jones. And was like, "You're an idiot. We're not." Yeah. Here. <laughs> Enough. Wake up. Yeah. And then correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. Memphis Express. <laughs> Memphis Johnny Express. Yes. That's right. I did my homework. That's right. Yeah, and. Uh, practice squad or preseason member of the tire cast too and he played yeah. uh, for the alouettes played for the alouettes that's yeah. right it's a very rich history wow yeah he's played for he's a lot of teams look yeah. at it that way yeah wow i don't know mm, if i wonder so yeah. yeah i wonder why he's played for so many teams, yeah. so many teams. Yeah. i wonder why yeah it's, it's not that he just goes to like strip clubs all the time and like wastes yeah. money, right? that's not that's not what it is no. right johnny manzel are we talking about the same guy here come on Come on, like exactly. Straight as an arrow, that guy. <laughs> what a mess. I remember yeah. when a lot of people were Baker he, he definitely had, Johnny Manziel. He definitely, yeah, he definitely had a good that. time in Quebec. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That guy lifted up, <laughs> hands down. Oh, I think we lost Nate. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he left a while ago. I don't know what yeah, happened. Yeah, he just said to go on without him, so I'll cut out this oh, okay. point where we realize that he's gone. Right. Um, <laughs> well, too yeah, whatever. so... Uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about NFL-wise, I think we'll just end it here. Mm, no, I think that's all. I'm looking forward to most of the matchups this weekend for sure, though. Yeah, they're going to be really good matchups this weekend. Yeah, definitely. But, I, to but yeah, I guess it's going to end it for us this week, guys. Um, I just want to thank Jack and Robert, obviously, for joining us this week. As always, you know, it's great talking some uh, NFL football. I'm sure maybe we won't do an instant reaction after this week because no one has any skin in the game this time around. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but uh, maybe, but we'll definitely do another one, obviously before the, uh, the conference finals. And then uh, obviously we'll do a Super podcast. Bowl. Super Bowl, Definitely. So, you know, keep tuned for those. Uh, obviously watch out for Jack and Robert's articles because I assume between now and the Super Bowl, they will definitely have another article out. One of them might even write the Super Bowl preview. We don't know yet. We'll have to find out. It's all up in the air. Uh, I will say this, though, just a little bit of promoting. I think a bunch of the guys from football are looking to write an article on uh, the NFL awards coming up and just our predictions. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely an interesting read. Yeah, also, uh, I know this is a football podcast, but if you have, uh, if you're an NHL fan, which I assume a lot of our listeners are from Canada, so you probably watch hockey. Um, we've released all of the uh, division previews at the time this is released. So all four division previews will be out. Check those out. Me, Nate, Keaton, Hayden, we all wrote division previews. They're all great. You should all take time to go read them. Uh, You can find them on the website, obviously, w.overlinesports.ca. And then obviously you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OTLSportsCA. You know, check us out. Give us a follow. Smash the like button. You know, all those great things. Um, other than that, you know, nothing crazy happening. We're all kind of heading back to school, so maybe there'll be uh, less than three podcasts a week because that's what we're pumping them out at at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe we'll go back down to only one, but uh, obviously, I appreciate you guys uh, listening. And uh, yeah, it's always a great time to uh, do these podcasts. A lot of ripping, a lot of joking behind the scenes. You know, it's 
it's a really good time. So just want to thank everyone for joining us and uh, have a great week. And hopefully you enjoy this weekend's playoff matchups. Uh,